0: Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey everyone, Adrian here from Lifehouse Church in Tokyo. Man, it's a joy to share the Word of God with you today. We are in the final episode of our Closer to Purpose series. And so I'm so pumped to share with you about purpose today and um, I first want to start off about just talking about you know those days those days where everything seems to be going wrong the moment you get up you get up and you're still a little bit sleepy uh, because the crows were going from 4 a.m. in the morning and you walk out and you smack your head on the door because doors seem to be so much lower in Japan and finally You get downstairs with a bit of a sore head now and you're busy making coffee and you're scooping your beans into your grinder and you miss the grinder and now there's beans all over the floor and now you have to go pick up these individual little beans from the floor and finally you get your cup of coffee and you're on your way up the stairs and you trip and now you spill half your coffee on the floor and you just got now, you got half a cup of coffee and finally, once you finish your coffee, you're on your way out because you, you're already running late for your train and as you run out your your sleeve hooks on the door handle and you tear your sleeve. And in the process you drop your phone it lands screen down and you get a little crack on your phone. You know one of those days it just seems to happen. Everything seems to all happen on one day. But maybe it's not just a day for you. Maybe it's a season of your life where you feel like things are not going your way. Maybe if you're a student you... You really wanted to uh, study in a certain university but you were not able to get into that university so now you studying in a university you didn't want to go in you didn't want to study in or maybe you applied for your dream job and this is the job the industry that you wanted to be in but you were not able to get that job and you now are currently in a job that you maybe do not want so what do we do in these situations how do we continue to pur- to uh, pursue purpose when things do not seem to be going our way. So my my title today is Holding On To Purpose and I really want to explore this question is how do we keep pursuing God's purpose when things are not going our way. So we're going to look at a a great story about this guy called Joseph in the Bible and he's a good dude and, and in the younger years of his life things were going his way he was the favorite uh, son out of all of his brothers and he he had awesome clothes and he had god had given him a big dream and a vision of he was going to be a man of influence he's going to be a leader and so he was full of vision but there was a turning point in his life where everything started going downhill for joseph okay and but spoiler alert uh, God was able to God is with Joseph and he works out everything and he produces something really good in Joseph's life. But we're going to see through this story how Joseph held on to God and God worked out something good in his life and reminds me of this incredible verse um, in Romans 8 verse 28 it says, "And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things, to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. So yeah, this is an incredible truth that we're going to see right throughout the life of Joseph is that God is able to work all things All things means good things, means bad things, means challenging things, means suffering things, means things that do not go your way, the university that you ended up in or the job that you ended up in that you didn't want to. God is able to work all things together for what? For good. This is the nature of God. And it's kind of like um, I, I grew up in a home where my mom's a cooking teacher and so I grew up in a house where there was always cooking and my mom taught me to cook. So I love to cook and bake. And But here's the thing with baking. You can take, uh, if you just take one of the ingredients, for example, like flour. If you just took a spoonful of flour and ate it, it's pretty disgusting. It's like dry and, or you just cracked a raw egg in your mouth or you drank some vanilla essence. And so those ingredients by themselves are not very good. But when you have a master baker and they take all of these ingredients and they put them together in the right situation, they are able to produce something good. And that's, that's who our God is. He's able to take all things in our life and work them into something good. And we're going to see this in the life of Joseph. But there's a key in this, in this verse. It says, for those who love God. So this is the key that unlocks this incredible promise for us. It's for those that love God, for those that trust and obey Jesus, for those that hold on to Jesus, he's able to work all things for our good. And we're going to see that in Joseph's life, that he holds on to God, and God is able to do something amazing. So let's dive into the story of Joseph. So as I mentioned, in his younger years, uh, up until the age of 17, Joseph was living a good life. He was the favorite son. He had received great visions from God about his future. And But there came a moment where his brothers were a little bit jealous of Joseph. They were like, we've had enough with this guy. And so they, they had this plan and they sold him as a slave. They took his clothes and they dipped them in blood and they took his clothes back to their father and say, we found this. I think your son Joseph has been killed by a wife animal and meantime they had sold him as a slave so what about Joseph's purpose what about leadership and a man of influence and the great dreams and visions that God had for this young man age of 17 he gets sold as a slave this feels like his life is now heading in the in the absolute opposite direction of where he felt like he needed to be but we're gonna see that even in this situation now Joseph working as a slave in the house of this guy called Potiphar, God is with him and God is already doing something amazing in Joseph's life. In uh, Genesis 39 verse two to four, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the house of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar. Soon uh, he made Joseph his personal attendant, putting him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. So, This is not an ideal circumstance. This is not Joseph's dream job. This is not where he wanted to be. But we see that God was with him in this place. And Joseph was empowered by God to prosper. And already at this point, Joseph is learning management skills. He's been given authority. He's been given uh, this responsibility to manage a household. So he's already gaining these skills and i want to encourage you if you are in a job that is not your dream job god is still with you god can empower you to prosper and succeed in that situation and you may just be learning some incredible skills that god is going to use in the future which we're going to see in joseph's life and so so now joseph even though he's a slave okay it's not it's not ideal but things seem to be getting a little bit better for joseph and he continues to to do uh manage the household the Potiphar, really well then but one day so joseph it just happens to be that joseph and potiphar's wife are alone in the home and potiphar's wife sees this as an opportunity she's been eyeing out joseph and she tries to lure joseph in to come and to sleep with her and joseph Uh, being a man that is wanting to honor God and live in the ways of God and to honor Potiphar he he flees he runs away from the situation and as he flees uh, Potiphar's wife grabs his coat and he, he kind of escapes out of his coat and he runs away and she turns this situation on Joseph and she screams and she, she calls in people and she's like, Oh, Joseph tried to sexually assault me. And so she falsely accuses Joseph and obviously Potiphar's mad. And now Joseph, because he's get, he gets falsely accused, he gets thrown in prison. Okay, we thought things were getting better for our boy Joseph, but now it takes another turn. It gets even worse. Joseph ends up in prison. But again... Even in prison, God was with Joseph. It wasn't an ideal situation for Joseph. He was there because he was falsely accused. His circumstances had led him into a place that uh, were not good. But even there, God was with him. In Genesis 39 verse 21 and 22, it says, But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden before long. The warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in prison. So Joseph again is in prison and not an ideal situation, but God is with him and God empowers him, gives him favor. And I want to encourage you is that if you are a child of God, if you are holding on to God, if you trust in Jesus, there's favor on your life and God can give you favor and blessing even in a hard situation. And so now Joseph is running the prison. Okay, he's learning people skills. This is really important for his future. He's learning to deal with difficult people. Okay, this is a skill that Joseph is learning now in the prison. And so sometime later, there's these two prisoners that rock up. Prisoners that had, uh, who are working for uh, Pharaoh. So Pharaoh is like the king of Egypt. He's like the supreme power in Egypt. And the two of the people who are working for him get thrown into prison. One is a baker. One is a cupbearer. And one day Joseph notices when they wake up, these dudes are looking a little bit down and they're looking a little bit confused. And he's like, hey guys, what's up? And they both say like, hey, we had these dreams and we can't really figure out what's going on. What happened? What do these dreams mean? And so Joseph's like, share them with me. And they both share their dreams with Joseph. And, and God gives Joseph understanding to be able to interpret their dreams. So he basically says to the cupbearer, in a few days time, you're going to be reinstated to your job. You're going to be serving uh, uh, Pharaoh again. And remember me like, hey, bro, like when you get out, remember me. And, so what ha- and then to the baker, he's like, unfortunately for you, your dream says like in, in a few days, you're going to be executed. And exactly what Joseph interprets is what happens. But the cupbearer forgets Joseph. He doesn't remember Joseph. And a whole two years later, um, Pharaoh now, the, remember the king of Egypt, Pharaoh has a dream. And he is really confused. He doesn't know what this dream means. And he's a little bit troubled by his dream. And so he gets, all to, he gets all of his wise men around and he's like, shares the, his dream with them. And, but nobody can tell him what it means. And re, all of a sudden the cupbearer is like, Man, I remember there's this guy called Joseph in the prison. And he tells Pharaoh, "Like, Hey, when I had a dream he interpreted and he was able to help me. And so they call for Joseph. Now Joseph is at this point, Joseph is 30 years old. This is 13 years later. Because he got sold as a slave at seventeen. Thirteen years later, he gets called to come and stand before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh shares his dream with Joseph, and God gives Joseph the understanding of Pharaoh's dream, but also a plan of what to do about what God is showing Pharaoh. So basically, Joseph says to Pharaoh, "What God is showing you is that for the next seven years, there's going to be an, there's going to be incredible prosperity and blessing in." In your nation Egypt but followed by that there's going to be seven years of a severe famine and drought and so we need to start preparing now already for the next seven years we need to start storing up grain we need to build big storehouses we need to prepare for seven years of famine this is amazing this is an incredible wisdom and insight and vision that God gives to Joseph and Pharaoh is so impressed that in that moment he promotes Joseph to now be the prime minister of Egypt. He is now the second most powerful man in Egypt. And he says to Joseph, you need to go for the next seven years. You need to implement this plan that you just told me about. And, uh, and this is just such an extraordinary story of seeing how God was faithful to, to be with Joseph and bring him out into this place of now he is living in the purpose that he was created for, because God had given him that vision at the age, as a teenager, God had spoken to Joseph that the purpose that God had created him for was to be a, a leader, a person of influence, but there was thirteen years where he was a slave and where he was a prisoner, and all throughout that time God was preparing Joseph for something great and so what happens is so for seven years now, Joseph is this great blessing in, in Egypt and Joseph is starting to kind of uh, gather all the grain that he needs, build strong, big storehouses. And, uh, but then famine hits just like Joseph had said to Pharaoh after seven years. So now Joseph's around 37 years old, f- uh, famine hits and two years into the famine. Now Joseph's about 39 years old, two years into the famine, his family, uh, back where they were uh, are, are now desperate. And Joseph's father hears that there is abundant grain and you can go buy grain in Egypt. So he sends his sons to go and buy grain. And after some time, Joseph recognizes his brothers. And it's this incredible moment where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. In Genesis 45, he says, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said to them again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me into this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last for another five years. And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve for you many survivors. (laughs) This is just such a, this is a boom, a mind-blowing story. Yet yeah? Joseph's brothers sell him as a slave, but God uses this whole situation. Remember, God works all things for good, and Joseph, because he held on to God, becomes a prime minister. And now Joseph is the very one who's able to save his family. He's able to he forgive his brothers and he's able to save his family, and that becomes his family becomes the nation of Israel the very chosen people of God. And it was because of what Joseph went through that he was able to um, save his family. So we can see that God had worked something out good, something good out of all the pain that Joseph went through. And this is a powerful and remarkable story. And I just want to pull out three things today because I, I want to encourage you, if you are in a situation right now where you feel like you are not in the place you want to be. You're not in the job or the university or the situation that you want to be in. I want to encourage you that even in that situation, God is at work and God can use that situation to work out something good for his plan and his purpose. So three things that we can learn from this the story of Joseph today is number one is Joseph hold on to God. So I want to encourage you, hold on to God. It's kind of that you hold on with that white knuckle grip. You're holding on to God in every situation. Because what happens often is when we are in a tough situation or when things don't go our way, our natural response seems to blame God. Why God? Why did you do this? Why is this happening? And we start getting angry and frustrated with God instead of, instead of drawing near to him and holding on to him, knowing that even in this hard place, even in this pain, even in the suffering, God is with us. And it says a few times that God was with Joseph There are many things that I love about Jesus. Isn't Jesus amazing? But one of the things that is just, I think, so incredible about Jesus is the fact that God became a man. And it says this about Jesus in uh, Hebrews 4, verse 16 and uh, 8. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. It says, he understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent King-Priest was tempted in every way just as we are and conquered sin. So now we draw near, freely and boldly to where grace is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and to discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our times of weakness. So Jesus understands pain. Jesus understands the struggle of humanity. He, he is not someone who doesn't understand sorrow. He doesn't, he's not a disconnected God. He's not disconnected from pain. He's not disconnected from sorrow or disconnected from suffering. Jesus knows suffering and pain and hardship firsthand. He experienced it and yet he overcame and he overcame and he has risen and he is with us. And that's what I love about Jesus that if you are suffering right now, if you are in pain, if you are going through a hard season, Jesus understands. He knows and he is able to uh, give you strength, he's able to comfort you, he's able to empower you in the situation. And that's what we see in Joseph's life. He gets sold, he gets betrayed by his brothers, sold as a slave, falsely accused, thrown into prison. But throughout this he holds on to God and we see that God is with him in this situation. So I want to encourage you just like this verse, it says, Draw near. That is our theme for this year is closer. We're encouraging each other to come closer, draw near to God. Don't back away from God. Don't pull away from God in a time of suffering. Draw near to God. Keep journaling. Keep serving with joy. Keep connected to the community in your dream team. Keep coming and holding on to God in in every era of your life. I remember... When I was uh, 19, I, I became a, an intern at, um, at the church. I was in South Africa and it was kind of like a ministry intern and after being uh, an intern for one year, I was encouraged by the church leadership to go get a job. And, and so I ended up getting a job um, uh, in a, a as an intern again, but this time in a kitchen company. I learned uh, the trade of how to build and design and manufacture and install kitchens and bedroom cupboards and bathroom cupboards. And, and I did that for two years. And I remember feeling like so frustrated. I'm like, but I, I feel called cool to be a pastor. And I want to be in ministry. And here I am covered in sawdust in a factory building kitchens. This is not what I want to do and yet uh, and and every job is is honorable but for me personally it's not where i wanted to be but i remember just holding on to god remaining faithful i continue to serve faithfully in church i continue to uh to journal continue to serve with joy and i and i really believe those were two of the most significant years of my life where god taught me god grew me god developed me as a leader and if you if you look back at joseph's life when he was um he his call was to manage a nation he was given a massive project by 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 pharaoh to oversee the um the this whole nation for over 14 years joseph was in charge of being the prime minister of egypt that's a massive job but he already started learning and developing management skills when he was a slave in potiphar's house he was learning to manage a, a a whole household and when he was thrown into prison he was managing a prison and he learned to deal with difficult people and so he was able to do that these were skills that he learned so even if you are in a tough situation you are learning skills that god can use for his great purpose in your life. So the first thing Joseph held on to God, but secondly, Joseph let go of the past. This is important. Joseph had so many opportunities to be angry. He could have been angry with his brothers. Why did they sell me as a slave? He could have been angry with Potiphar's wife. She falsely accused me of sexual assault and I got thrown into prison. He could have been angry at the cupbearer. I helped you, bro, but you forgot me. He could, have been, he could have walked around like a victim. Everybody hates me. Everybody's against me. And all things are going against me. And he could have just walked around bitter and angry. But Joseph learned how to let go. He learned to forgive. He learned to let go. And letting go is letting go of anger. Letting go of what others have done to you. But also letting go of disappointments. I wish I wasn't... A slave I wish I was with back of my family I wish I wasn't in this university I wish I wasn't in this job and and you can hold on to those things but the thing is if you hold on you can't receive anything from God so let go so that you can receive from God and as soon as you let go you're gonna receive fresh strength from God and the third thing I want to encourage you from Joseph's story stories trust in God's bigger purpose I love it at the end of Joseph's story he's now in his 50s he looks at his brothers and he says hey guys don't worry you meant this for evil what you you had evil in your heart when you sold me as a slave but God has worked it out for good don't worry about it don't worry I am here and I'm gonna look after you and Joseph understood the bigger plan of God and I want to encourage you is that God I want to come back to that verse in Romans 8:28. God is able to work all things for the good of those who love him so I want to encourage you, continue to love Jesus, continue to trust Jesus, continue to follow Jesus. And even if you are in a tough si- season, a tough situation, God can take it and God can use it. And He is going to produce something good in your life. And Joseph trusted in that bigger picture of God. He knew that God was going to do something bigger. And so I'd love this opportunity right now to pray for you. And, and really, I feel like many of you right now are still holding on. Holding on to, to the past, holding on to, to anger, holding on to bitterness, holding on to disappointment. And, and the thing is, God wants to give you strength today, but you cannot receive something with closed hands. Okay if if I wanted to give you something right now you need to open your hand to receive it and it's the same with God we God wants to give us grace he wants to fill us with fresh hope with fresh joy with fresh vision with fresh strength and but if we are holding on to anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and and disappointments we cannot we cannot receive from God so I want to encourage you we're going to pray right now and as we pray I want you to just Open up your hands and say, God, I let go today. I let go, God. And and as you let go, God is going to fill you with fresh joy and fresh strength. So why don't we pray together right now. So Jesus, thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you understand when we suffer. You understand when we go through hardship. You understand the pain that we go through. But right now, God, together we, we let go. We open up our hands. We let go of unforgiveness. We we let go of anger. We let go of disappointments. We let go of of, of of bitterness. God. We let go of all the things that we are holding on to. We let go of them right now. We open up our hearts and say, God, Would you come fill us with strength right now? Would you fill us with fresh hope? Would you fill us with fresh joy? Fill us with fresh strength. And I pray for every single person right now that you fill them with fresh joy and fresh strength, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Awesome. Let's just give Jesus a big round of applause. And I want to pray for one more group of people. And uh, that key verse I shared today, it says, God can work all things together for the good of those who love God god and the first step on your journey of loving god is to love jesus to trust jesus and so maybe you are new to church and and this whole christian thing but i want to encourage you is that the first step for you is to trust in jesus Uh, and i want to i want to let you know that jesus loves you Jesus loves you so much that he was willing to die for you. And the reason Jesus died for you was because he took your pain, he took your punishment upon you, he took our punishment that we deserved for our sin, he took it upon himself so that he could offer us life, eternal life, forgiveness, hope and purpose. And that's all that Jesus did. And you may not fully understand all of this, but today you you just know that the decision you need to make is to follow Jesus to put your trust in Jesus so I'm gonna to count to three in a moment and if you wanna make a decision to to follow Jesus to trust in Jesus I want you to uh, just to pray a prayer in your heart that I'm gonna lead you in right now so one God loves you two he's got a great plan and purpose for your life three if that's you would you make that decision right now in your heart and I'd love to pray for you Jesus thank you for all of these people pray that you bless them, that you help them, that you fill them with your love, and you just uh, let them know that they are forgiven and chosen by you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for connecting with us today. I hope that you were inspired by this message, and I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider LifeHouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.